Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome to the PKN Packaging News Podcast. My name is Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News and the host of this show. G'day, Lindy. Can you please tell us about our topic and our guests for this episode? Well, hello, Grant. Today, we're going to be making the case for linerless labeling. And as you know from conversations that we've had before on the podcasts, labels are a popular branding tool and a vital part of the marketing mix. They're also a key communication device, both on a business-to-business and a business-to-consumer and brand-to-consumer level. But their use does lead to complex waste challenges. For example, when it comes to dealing with the glassine backing liner in the case of self-adhesive labels, or dealing with the adhesives themselves when they don't wash off containers properly in the recycling stream, which limits their recyclability, such as the case for HDPE milk bottles. And while many commendable projects are underway to resolve these waste challenges, another solution is to do away with needing the liner in the first place. And the advent of linerless labeling has created new opportunities for brands to make a more sustainable choice. So with us in the studio today to make the case for linerless labeling are two packaging industry executives, Sam Aloshi, Managing Director of Ravenwood Packaging Australia, a specialist in linerless labeling, and Michael Dosser, the GM of Result Group, a distributor partner of Ravenwood. So welcome to the PKN podcast, Sam and Michael. Sam, let's start with you. Ravenwood Packaging has recently expanded its footprint into Asia-Pacific with the establishment of a Sydney office and the appointment of you as managing director. Tell us how you came to be in this role and what motivated Ravenwood's expansion into this market. Oh, hi, Lindy. Thanks. Um, so I first came about the Ravenwood product uh, back in the early 2000s at a company called Beacon Johnson, who were making uh, sausages and ready meals for various different retailers around the country. And uh, prior to the Ravenwood um, solution, we were hand-sleeving products, uh, which caused a, a lot of waste issues, for example, and the inability to do hand sleeve products or sleeve wrap products under a catch weight um, scenario. So we were one of the first, we were the first uh, Ravenwood installation in the, in the country uh, back then, but the complexity of getting labels out of like someone like Averis in the UK sort of made it a non-commercial decision that it was hard to continue with. Post all of that, uh, Ravenwood didn't really have a distributor model here in Australia, um, but they had a lot of traction with their equipment and lineless amongst you know, the major reta- both the major retailers in the country. Uh, and at that point, uh, they needed to appoint an MD and start a business model in, in the APAC region. And that's where I became involved in the, in the Ravenwood business. Uh, and we've now moved forward with various print partners, it's three of them in, in Australia, uh, we've got two on the east coast and one on the west, uh, TMA, Halley, and Label Force. Uh, and we've now got a machinery distributor model as well, which is Result Packaging Group, uh, and which has got a national coverage. And same with Linko, who have also got a national coverage. So um, both of them are, are at in the, in the various sectors. 
Okay, so Michael, Result Group, as Sam has just mentioned, is a distributor for Ravenwood, your machinery partner, as I understand it. So tell us a bit about the partnership and what attracted Result to becoming a partner and a representative for Ravenwood Technology. No worries, Lydia. So thanks again for having me as well. I guess core to everything at Result is is finding the new law, the new norm, um, and in and, and innovation um, and, and aligning that. So. Ravenwood ticked that box and some. Being passionate about sustainability, Lionelist is a, a is a, just a brilliant entry point. But at the at the same time, it has to work, and Ravenwood are pioneers in the space. So um, we spent well just over two years actually talking with Ravenwood, learning the products, learning the market, understanding what had happened uh, offshore throughout Europe uh, throughout the European markets. Um, before we were lucky enough to be um, appointed as a as an agent here in Australia, and since then it's been onwards and onwards and upwards. So we're very very excited to be involved. It's a it's a great product, and it's but it's it's also a great technology. So that is one technology that is available to anyone wanting to consider labelling their products, which is pretty much everyone in FMCG, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think it would be valuable, Michael, if you could paint a broader picture of all the types of labels that are available to Australian companies. Okay, so we'll sort of break things up into categories, but the the biggest one here across the world, but definitely here as well, would be your standard self-adhesive label construction. You have a a face stock of whatever that might be, whether it's a paper, a synthetic material, a thermal stock, etc., an adhesive and, again, a, a bunch of technologies in there for different applications from, you know, standard product labelled at ambient temperature through to frozen products and all those sorts, all, everything in between. Um, uh, and they can be applied with a top labeler, a bottom labeler, a side labeler, a two-side labeler, a wraparound labeler. The list goes on and on and on. But your basic construction made up of the, of the three pieces, the face stock, the adhesive and the, and, and the liner. It, not in any particular order, but trying to group things together. I mean, look, reality is Lionelist is not new. Um, wet gum labels have been used with glass in, in the, you know, a lot of beer bottles have still got a, a wet gum label on them. Um, so, you know, where the label is, uh, is printed as in a sheet form, the glue is applied and then it's, it's stuck onto the, onto the bottle. That'd be the, the other one. You look at the wraparound labeling technology that you see. Typically on a PET bottle, a soft drink bottle, where it's 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 glued, it's wrapped, and then glued to itself. Again, theoretically a lineless technology. But when you get into the the true lineless space, you've probably got three main product types. The first one being a, a full glue coverage. So you have the the stock, and it has a full glue coverage, and then a silicon coating on the top of it. Probably the, the easiest way to describe it is like a, a self adhesive tape is made at the moment. The second one, which is really just being launched, is activated adhesives. So you have a dry product. It has an adhesive coating on it, but it's not wet, um, and it is activated by the label applicator as it is applied. Uh, That is a a very new technology. And then the third one, which is where the Ravenwood uh, linalist fits into play, which is really the the patent-coated adhesive. So you're not coating the whole area. You're only coating the parts of the label where you need to. That's Hopefully that gives you a bit of an overview. Yeah, no, that certainly does. So, Sam, can you tell us what which market sectors are currently the biggest users of Ravenwood's Linealess system and where does Ravenwood see the biggest growth opportunities are in terms of market sectors? Sure, yeah. Um, so, currently at the moment in, in, in the APAC region, Australia and New Zealand especially, it's definitely in the protein sectors. Um, so, 
all major retailers at the moment who are using lineless have got Ravenwood technology in there. Um, so it's definitely in the protein section. And as as um, producers move more to a VSP or vacuum skin pack style packaging, the lineless technology is definitely it's, it's hand in glove with that. That's what it's really designed around is to, to work and give the the manufacturer a lot of marketing real estate on the packet um, so they can put in, you know, cooking instructions or, you know, a paddock to plate sort of story or anything like that. Um, so that's where it's – that's our biggest um, consumer at the moment of lineless labels or usage of lineless labels. For myself, I think uh, I think the, the next big thing will be anything that's really hand-sleeved or cardboard-sleeved because of the flexibility that it allows. Um, the technology is there so you can make the, the label, the lineless label, adhere to itself and be slidable or adhere to itself and be on on the pack and stuck on there. So it, it reduces a lot of the tampering that happens at store level um, where people are sliding off light labels on and off or sleeves on and off packets, packages. Um, so I think, yeah, for, for the next thing, it would be anything that's sort of cardboard sleeve related that's still out there. So like a ready meal? Yeah, so ready meals is a big sector. We've already... Uh, broken into the ready meal sector. Uh, we, we've got a number of customers, but that's definitely one of the areas that we want to we want to grow in that space. And the flexibility for both fresh and frozen because the label works and can adhere to fresh and frozen product. So, Michael, you're dealing um, directly with the customers. Are you seeing any other opportunities in market sectors? Yeah, 100%. 100% I think fresh produce is, um, is a, a massive area of opportunity. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of. I mean, that fresh produce space is under a lot of pressure with it with plastics in packaging. So, the move away from the plastics packaging to a cardboard sleeve, we can, as just Sam's just alluded to there, we can do that with a with a Ravenwood system in a variety of formats, and we're not limited to a particular tray type. So, if a car a customer wants to go to a board based tray from a PET tray that they might be using at the moment, or even a polypropylene it's an easy step to make and it still gives them the versatility to be able to work with their existing products. So we can take a customer on a journey in that space. And then the capital side of things, when the car, you look at the cardboard sleeves, a cardboard sleeving machine is a big piece of kit with a big price tag usually. I don't mean to generalise too much, but when you compare that to what we can do with a Ravenwood, much smaller footprint and the ability to be able to handle different pack types and do quick changeovers and those sorts of things without having massive amounts of tooling. I see a, a real opportunity for, for fresh produce. And particularly when you start to look at the amount that's exported from this country. So presentation becomes very, very important. Um, so I think that's a that's a, a great area. And, and as Sam said, the prepared meals and, and, and also the, the cardboard replacement for all of the reasons that we talked about as far as the, the capital and the ease of use. Well, Michael, I'm just wondering, um, perhaps there may be this perception that Linerless is only a flexible plastic label solution. So do you think this could be a roadblock for uptake in the fresh produce sector where, in fact, they're trying to move away from plastic? Well, that's the, that's the thing. It's not just a plastic label. So there are board-based options that, that all of the printers can work with that, um, that Sam's mentioned. So the sustainability footprint, and Sam's probably better to talk about this than me, that it's not just plastic. Just because you see predominantly a plastic-based label or a synthetic-based label on a, on a meat tray, that does not limit us for technology. The, the, the development around boards has been huge. Sam, you might like to add there. 
Yeah, so um, especially around uh, plastics versus boards. So we've worked really hard with all our partners in Australia, especially our print partners, to come up with wet strength boards. So we'd like to see, from a sustainability point of view, a big push back to the board. For us, board is just as good as plastic. It's just that uh, historically plastic has been where the non-approved printer that was working in this space prior chose to go down that path. For us, board is far, it's, it's easier to work with. We can uh, definitely do all our products in, in board and wet strength papers or wet strength boards. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the push to go back into the board space or the paper space, uh, fibre space is, is much more attractive and it's heaps better for the environment. And we can tick all the boxes we can with our you know, current plastic style labels. Well, let's explore that sustainability aspect that you've both referred to here. The biggest benefit of lineless labels in today's market is definitely the sustainability platform. Now, Michael, I watched a presentation you made recently on the topic of sustainability in labels, and you made a compelling argument for increasing the uptake of lineless, particularly in the context of meeting APCO's 2025 national packaging targets. Can you repeat that performance for our podcast listeners, please? I'll do my best. Look, I, I think um, having been involved with APCO now for a couple of years, I mean, Result Group is a, 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 is a, is a member and a proud one at that. I, I was probably a little bit intimidated when I first got involved. How are we going to address this? What are we going to do? So like anything, we, we go back and we look at it and we analyse and we try and work out how we're going to apply our business knowledge and our, and our business's uh, outputs to those targets because it's vitally important. For me, the, the clearest element is the, the waste hierarchy and where that sits. So it's a, a beautiful triangular diagram and let's start with the, the, the best thing that we can do as far as sustainability is concerned and that's reduction. Um, remove remove that, that element. If you can remove that, an element, then that is the best thing that you can do. It then goes on, uh, the next step down is reuse. The next step down is recycle back into other packaging elements. Very important. Underneath that, recycling back into other products. Again, vitally important. But next part, composting. And the last part, energy recovery. So when you look at what APCO means and what that waste hierarchy looks like, reduction. So linoless, simply we're removing 50% of the material straight away. We're not using a liner, so half the stock is gone. And it's gone overnight. It's really that simple. There's nothing going to be better than that. So, it, of course, there's technical evaluation that has to happen, as there is with ev- with every project, to get it to work, and it's vital and it's important it's critical. But if it can be removed and it works, well, it's win, 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 win. It just keeps going on. So that's how I look at it. Linoless is just removing an element, and that's the best thing that we could possibly do. And remove is at the top of the of the hierarchy. Yep. Exactly. No. Now, Sam, Ravenwood has developed a a concept which you've named the circle of linoless and you're using that in some of your promotions. I think it would be great if you could explain to us exactly what you mean by circle of linoless and how it all works. Sure. So the circle of linoless, um, it's been around since Ravenwood sort of conception and it's basically, uh, it's, a, it's a real guarantee that if you stay within the confines or the, if you use approved materials from an approved printer on, um, you know, factory serviced equipment and, and original equipment, we basically take all the risk and, and liability out of the customer 
going to use a lineless solution. So it starts at the very beginning of any project before we say, yep, here's a machine and, you know, uh, the team at Result go off and sell a machine and then the team at TMA or, or Halley go and print some labels. We started as a total project. So we, we do an evaluation internally uh, with myself and the team and we say, right, we can definitely do this project and it will work and we've trialled it, we've tested it, we get sample packs. So that's the very high-level first part step of it. And then it goes down to the next step where they buy it through an approved distributor, such as Result or, or Linko, and then they use an approved printer with sustainable materials. So all our all our materials that we use are sustainable and meet all the APCO criteria. And and you know globally we've got carbon neutral footprints in place and carbon offsets in place. Um, so that's the next step. And then the the following step is basically we do a performance guarantee. Um, so, you know, we, we guarantee 98% uptime in the factory if you're staying within the confines of the circle of lineless, which I know no one else can do globally and there's no other offer like that. But then outside of that, but still inside the circle of lineless, is your 24-hour, seven-day-a-week support, which is offered through our service partners such as you know, the distributors, uh, Result and Linko. But then the other big thing is sort of the disaster recovery element which we've really seen come into play in the, in the COVID times and the crises around globally and, and locally here in Australia and New Zealand, where, you know, people haven't been able to secure raw materials, but we've obviously got, you know, um, we procure that uh, in, in large volumes from the mills ourselves directly. So we're able to do, to push that around the globe where we need to, to make sure that all our, our partners have got stock. And also if there's any, natural disasters locally or floods or fires, again, we'll also be able to help out by ensuring that everyone has got adequate raw materials. And the other benefit is everyone is on the same platform in terms of a key line or die line. So that's another thing inside the circle of lineless. We make sure that if every printer in Australia, for example, went down, we'd be able to pick that up in another country and have it within 24 hours on the press so there's, there's a lot of benefits, environmentally sustainability from a sustainability point of view and also from an end user and sort of performance and, and I'd say, you know, disaster recovery or business continuity. Michael, as the distributor, would you like to weigh in on that? Yeah, I think one of the things, one of the early questions you asked me, Linda, was why, why Ravenwood, why, why is it exciting? I think that the circle of Lionel delivers something that the customers really want. They want to have a one-stop shop. So they don't want to ever be in a situation where a printer is turning around and saying the problem's with the machine or the machinery supplier is turning around and saying it's a problem with the label. That's just not going to happen with Ravenwood because we're all on the same team. We're all developing, and as Sam alluded to, we're all working on a project right from the get-go. So it makes a big difference. We're setting it up to be right from the, right from the get-go, um, and that makes, a, that makes a big difference, and it's really refreshing. So um, you're out there, as I mentioned, talking to your customers who are looking for label solutions. Is lineless always the answer for them? Oh, I, I wouldn't be so bold to say that. Um, uh, but, you know, there's no one solution that's going to cover all needs. I mean, core to us in the way that we take anything to market is we'll always point out the pros and cons of each of the different technologies that, that we have. Um, probably see that more in the coding and marking space than what you do in the labelling space. 
Um, but there are alternatives that need to be considered. Um, in some cases, it's driven by the product itself that we're trying to label um, and, and it won't fit. So we then look at alternatives with materials um, in a self-adhesive nature, whether it be recycled face stock, alternative materials, face stocks, those sorts of things. But what excites me more than anything else is is the evolution of Lionless and what's happened over across the course of the last five years. The uptake has been ridiculous and the evolution of the machinery to be able to handle different products is constantly evolving. And the one thing that we all know is that uh, evolution, technical development is happening at a rate today far greater than it has uh, the previous five years. So it's really exciting to see where it's going and what's happening. So uh, I think, you know, our customers are always going to look for the same things. Uh, they want a reliable solution. They want something that's easy to use. They want something that's supported. They want something that's cost effective. Lionelus is delivering on all of those things. And, and as time grows, the opportunity for new markets will just increase and increase and increase. Well, you did a good selling job there. Well done, Michael. So, Sam, you must be pleased to have Michael on board as your yeah, distributor yeah. based on that. De- but, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and I'm sure Linko is doing a good job too. <laughs> but, um, Sam, what are the barriers to switching to Lionelus? When you're out there talking to customers, what makes them hesitant and how do you overcome these barriers? So that's that's a really interesting point. In terms of barriers of switching to Lionless, I think the biggest barrier is people's understanding of what versatility is available in Lionless. So typically in the past, as Michael has, has mentioned, the adhesive label is it's, it's a one-stop shop. It sort of it can work for everything. So I think that the biggest barrier in switching to Lionless is around, you know, the understanding the concept of what Lionless really is and how it works and its flexibility. And a good, op- a good opportunity to probably raise is a customer that we've got who's doing, you know, proteins with one with their VSP protein and then on the same machine they're now doing vegetables with a cardboard, you know, cardboard tray with a cardboard overwrap. So it's really the barrier. It's not so much a barrier but it's the when you go to speak to someone about life, they're like, oh, it can do this and it can do that and, you know, are you able to do this? And you're like, yeah, it's, it's, and how many machines do we need? It's like, well, it's probably just the one, um, which isn't great for us because we, you know, we don't have all these multiple different machines, but the machine is so, the, the, the lineless no-back applicator is so flexible. The other real barrier is people understanding the consistency in die lines or key, key lines as we call them. So um, the machine is quite easy to, to swap over and change between tray sizes and, and labels and different formats. Like I said, we've got a customer currently who, who does fresh protein and then the same shift they'll do vegetables down it. So you have to have a set of key lines or drawings and artwork that ma- marries across all of those different SKUs or, or you know, products. And that's where it comes into working with the print partners. They are really good at having what we call belt templates where basically you can do a range of different products and you look inside now in the you know in the in the supermarket, nearly everything that's lineless is done on a Ravenwood, and they don't move any of the temp, the belts or the coating or anything in the setup. It's literally just putting the roll on and, and making the machine higher or wider. So that's a big barrier for us: is people not really understanding how easily we can adapt to the situation. And then that when you start talking to someone about lineless, they go, "Well, you know, we've got this product and this product, but we've also want to try and do this down down the track." It's probably just the 
the immaturity in the market at the moment around, you know, what, what lineless can and can't do. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds to me like the system itself is quite simple and yet very versatile, and the, the range of products that it's able to handle is really quite wide. And what's lacking now is an understanding or an education in the market. But as Michael mentioned, uptake is really starting to hit its straps. And so hopefully that will continue to take off. Now, Michael, with your extensive experience in the packaging industry and your involvement with both the Australian Institute of Packaging and the Australian Packaging Covenant Organization, what takeaway message would you like to leave the listeners with when it comes to the use of Lionelis for um, innovative packaging and also for sustainable solutions? If you don't know about Lionelis technology, it's worth the time investing, uh, investing the time to understand it. It can deliver on all of the targets that we were talking about with sustainability earlier, um, and it, that they can be delivered cost effectively. I think that's the the biggest message here. A lot of the sustainability options are considered, oh, that's too expensive. It's more expensive. That's more expensive, and that can can kill a lot of projects. Not the case with lineless. So you don't need to be an early adopter because the early adopters have already have already trade plays to trail for us. Um, it's not something that's that's new. It's got to be considered. But a, a model and a machine like the Ravenwood is going to tick off all of the boxes. Thirty plus years in the industry around label application machinery. I'll put my reputation on that without a doubt. So yeah, it's, it's about it's about investing and understanding what lineless is. That's the message that I'd leave. And Sam, you get the lucky last word. As a new player in the market, what final message do you have to encourage listeners to consider Lionelist labelling? Oh, thanks, Lindsay. I think the the last thing I'd probably like to, to say to the listeners is it's a technology that's it's been tried and tested. There's a lot of IP that's gone into our label and our applicator, and we don't jump in and say, yep, we can do that without, you know, 100% committing, and we've done a lot of background work with the distributors and the printers prior to taking on a on a project so it, it really is risk-free so um, you know if it if it doesn't work again the liability stands with us as Ravenwood not the distributor or the printer we're the one-stop shop so you know whether we we are the ones that are taking liability and we're we're putting skin in the game by saying you know what if it doesn't work we'll fix it we'll resolve it but it typically won't get to that point because we've done all the background work and we know our system and we know it's working in Europe, it's working in Asia. You know, we're growing tenfold at the moment in, in the Asia-Pacific region. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it is new technology for some, but very tried and tested technology for others. So, you know, if there's any, any speculation or any doubt, speak to one of the partners and, you know, I'm sure that they'll be able to find a solution for your, your product type and it's, very, it's quite versatile, so... I think that's my parting words. Well, thanks to both of you. I've certainly learned a lot about Lionelist today myself. I think the key words for me coming out of all of this was, um, well, the reduction. Reduction is crucial. It's risk-free. It's cost-effective. And it's tried and tested. So um, thanks very much for sharing all of that with us today. And um, we look forward to perhaps having you back on the podcast sometime soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lindy.
Well, thank you, Sam and Michael. Thanks, Lindy. And of course, thanks to our audience for joining us for this episode. Don't forget, if you enjoyed what you heard today, you can email us at editor at packagingnews.com.au with any questions, comments or suggestions you may have. We'll be back in the not too distant future with another informative episode. But until then, have a great day. The PKN Podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.